Coming up this week on Kings of the Wings podcast, Will Gray from Box Spots and Chair Shots podcast comes to join the other Will on the show on Between Two Wills this week to discuss a couple of things like AEW's new partnership with uh, WWE, sorry, new partnership with Twitch, AEW's supposed rumored Saturday show, and of course, who wore it best, Brock Lesnar or Trish Stratus. So sit back, relax, and make sure you don't get stomped in the chest by Draymond Green. It's Kings of the Rings podcast, episode 337, The Bot Spot featuring Will Gray exclusively here on Wrestlatic Radio, and it starts right now. Draymond did not deserve to get suspended for that. I'll I'll argue that for the next two weeks he, or so. He did grab his leg. He did grab his leg and didn't allow him to move. I, you know, it's, it's whatever. But okay, we'll, we'll suspend Draymond because he got priors. Anywho, folks, welcome to episode 337 of the bot, the Botch Spot of Kings of the Rings podcast. Of course, I'm your host, King Rick Rose. I, we are between two wills, or I am between two wills this entire show. This is going to be really, really exhausting. We have Will the White, who is with us. Will is six days without an incident, so congratulations, Will. But more importantly, as he said earlier in our pre-show, he is a chef by trade a mark by choice the host and writer of bot spots and chair shots podcast and probably the most important thing he is a cancer survivor so congratulations to that ladies and gentlemen will gray will how are you i am glad to be here i appreciate it to to you guys kings of the ring and the wrestle addicts radio for having me and allowing me into your space um like i say in all my profiles man it was a long battle but i beat cancer and i laugh about it now because that's all you can do damn right Dan right. So it's going to be great to have you on the show. We got a lot of interesting things to talk about, a lot of business wrestling stuff to talk about too, especially because we'll, uh, Will the White, as we're going to call Will Tarashock this week, uh, love to talk about WWE and their really, really interesting business uh, endeavors. I'm jealous, and- dude. I'm, I'm so jealous of how they conduct business. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I, think we, I think we all do. But before we get into all that, Will the Grace, since this is your first time on the show you get to play the first uh, guest game the first guest game hosted by the other will so this is going to be really really interesting it's going to be will versus will on the first guest game and it's about to start right now hang on let me pull up the the text chat with the questions all right so the first guest game the questions every wrestling fan has to have the answer to so the question number one mr gray how did you get into professional wrestling uh, the way I got into professional wrestling, it goes back to the old days of Saturday morning. I would go to my grandmother's house in the, the late 80s, and we would hang out, and we would watch the the early days of WCW tapings and NWA tapings and uh, the very, very tail ends of Georgia Championship Wrestling in that 88, 89, 90 range. Ooh. How old are you? 38 years old. God damn, bro. You look 28. You look my age. So, I you look great. The shit out of that, man. Yeah, like whatever, whatever, whatever shampoo you use, whatever you eat down there in Tennessee, like don't stop. Fried <laughs> chicken and biscuits and like <laughs> that's it, man. I did ask. I did ask. Thought you were you were my age. So incredible. All right, your favorite wrestler currently, and your favorite wrestler of all time. My favorite wrestler of all time is Mick Foley. Um, ah, I say, nice Long amazing. Island boy. Yes. I say there's a point in wrestling history where it's not necessarily about titles, 
Um, it's not necessarily about in-ring work, and it's not necessarily about, like, Mike skills. Foley is one of those guys where he's not anybody's number one in any of those key components as to what makes a great wrestler a great yeah. wrestler. But mm-hmm. to me, Foley changed and revolutionized how people wrestled. And I think that's what makes him so important. I read his first book, Have a Nice Day, A Tell of Blood and Sweat Socks, when I was a wee kid. I'm talking like <laughs> early teenagers. And from that moment on, I was a Foley guy. The three faces of the Foley, anything about it. Uh, but also in reverse for the opposite reasons. My current favorite wrestler is Seth Rollins. Um, and I recently wrote an article that said Seth Rollins was the Babe Ruth of professional baseball. He's one of those guys. He might strike out every time, you know, every third time he comes up to bat. And Seth Rollins might take an L, you know, 40% of his matches. But then you're guaranteed a home run and a grand slam, you know, 50% of the time or whatever it is. And that's the way I feel about Seth Rollins. He can chew nothing but L's, just one right after another, after another. And he's still just over all the time. Seth Rollins was this close to having the workers curse put on him. Like where he's just so lucky and talented and deserves the fact that he's so charismatic and he can just change his character time after time after time. That's like he doesn't need he doesn't really need wins. To your point, like mm-hmm. he just he can eat that L after L after L. He had the most losses out of like anyone relevant on TV last year, and we still put him in our top five wrestlers of the year. Absolutely. Uh, that's random that's statistic. a skill. That's crazy. Random statistic I put into that article talking about Seth was his lifetime career average. He's a five hundred hitter. Meaning he's lost as many matches as he's won as an in his entire career, and he's held a title almost fifty percent of the time for active days in the ring. He's held a title, and think about he went what four years in WWE without a title reign. Like it's just yeah. crazy to think about like the the career and trajectory he's had from Tyler Black and Ring of Honor to being the architect Seth Rollins today. I, I do love that you said Mick Foley. Mick Foley may not be number one in the ring, may not be number one in the mic, but he is number one in our hearts. Aww. Absolutely. Bless <laughs> up, man. The first uh-huh. Daniel Bryan, Mick uh-huh. Foley. Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. All right, let's, let's continue on, Will. All right. Um, the greatest match of all time. Oh, that's a great question. Um my, I would say my favorite match of all time and what I consider to be the greatest match of all time is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Macho Man at WrestleMania, th- uh, WrestleMania 3. Great choice. Um, Great choice. The reasons why is uh, it's not – it wasn't the biggest story. You know what I mean? Hogan and Andre was always going to be the bigger story. <clears throat> but what made this match so important was – Once again, it changed how wrestling matches were called because up until that point, wrestling matches, 98.7% of them were called in the ring. The guys were going out. They were running, you know, a match, getting time cues, but that was it. Steamboat and Savage said, we're not going to be able to be the biggest match of the night because of the store, but what we're going to do is perfect. So they sat down and they memorized every single movement in the match from rolling out of the ring to moving Elizabeth around the build. uh, Fretz is in the, the chat talking about it, talking about how Steamboat got injured and then uh, George the Animal went after Miss Elizabeth, and then Macho Man went after George the Animal, then Steamboat came back to save him, and it built to mania. It was just chef's kiss, perfect match, perfect story, perfect build. 
original show stealer. Yeah, Shep's kiss for real, for real. Because I, as as Wilbur Gray, uh, kind of talked about, they they plan everything out. And if you've ever listened to or heard uh, Steamboat speak about that match, and Macho Man in and of himself, Macho Man was so meticulous with this match that it was literally like a numbered list mm-hmm. of every of every move, every sequence that they were going to do, and he forced Steamboat to memorize it before WrestleMania 3. So they would practice, like, what is step one, what is step two, what is step three, weeks leading into WrestleMania 3. It was, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Agreed. All right. Yeah. Next question. Uh, if you were a wrestler, what would your finisher be? Describe it and give it a name. If I were a professional wrestler and I were to use a finisher, it would be the traditional Jerry Lawler pile driver. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Still effective to this day. You would think about the fact that if you look at where wrestling was at that point, you still, in the late 70s, there were still territories. You know, there were 22 Vince McMahons at that point in wrestling. I say that a lot. Um, but the thing that made the Lawler Powell driver so special was it had became such a protected finisher that the Tennessee Gaming Commission made it illegal to use in a match to like build the story and the lore behind it. So I think in true like Memphis wrestling style as a Tennessee boy, I would use that Jerry Lawler just very straight stand up and drop Powell driver. And that's what I would call it. It would just be called. Lawler's pile driver. <laughs> just simple and pure and just to the point as to what it was because you know if I used it, it meant business. Dude, I love how there was just no hesitation. Like you knew the question was complicated. You gotta have people beforehand. Typically when I ask I that, that's, the, the, that's, that's the hardest question of the first guest game because someone's like no one's ever thought about for the most part. It's like if I was Russell, what would my finisher be? What would I call it? Fuck, that's a good question. And I go back with yeah. that all the time. I wanted like a flapjack Batista bomb. Um, <laughs> Fretzel in the chat says Foley's pile driver though the thing I liked about Foley's pile driver he did like the draping pullover style where he would use his He'd weight pull your to pants go up, back yeah. and yeah. he would grab your trunks and pull your trunks back with you Foley's was really unique Lawler's he would stand straight up and pick you up vertical and then fall he back would hold them ass. for a while a exactly it was like a vertical position and then he would drop into that really powerful sitting pile driver it was just a work of art man i love jerry lawler's pile driver yeah here's a bonus question for you if so we know you're we know you're finisher but what's your wrestling name oh um it would be el pollo loco <laughs> i would put my luchador mask on and I was nice. wrestling a Sriracha t-shirt and <laughs> some gray sweatpants and some Chuck Taylors. And I would be the ridiculous wannabe El Generico. I would be the jobber that would take all the bumps just to make the crowds laugh, shake hands, kiss babies, and put the stars over. <laughs> I, might not, I might have to make you in 2K23 as just like a jobber talent <laughs> in my universe. Just everything's the most basic things about me, but for some reason you can't help but love me. I never thought we would get a poor man's El Generico, but I think you have just created it. That works. That works for me. That works for me. No complaints here. Uh, next question. How did you find the podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast? 
It wasn't directly me this time, I don't think. Yeah, you, no, nine times we have, at ten twice on Sunday. It's Ricky, but please. Yeah, we have overlapping circles. There's a few of them. Um, we talked about one previously with Kyle from Apron Bump. Yeah. Um, we've we've crossed paths with Matt from Smacking It Raw. Oh, I love uh, those guys. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. That's <laughs> so there were some so there were some circles that overlapped, and uh, I reached out to Mr. Freds about coming on. I think if the order was right, I actually booked Mr. Fretz for my WrestleMania night one, like fallout show before night two started before Ricky came on the show with me Um, because Ricky came on a few weeks ago after the fact. So I met Mr. Fretz first, then met Ricky. He came on the show. Then Fretz came on for the mania night one fallout on Sunday. So I got on the Wrestle Addicts circle, so to speak, by two different points, uh, through Mr. Fretz and through Ricky both. Yeah, pretty much. We, we had a great conversation about the European title and the greatest European champion of all time, D'Lo Brown. For oh, sure. Uh, it's pretty kind of what that D-Lo. episode was. Don't say, yeah. don't say Bulldog. Don't say British Bulldog. I was, I was about to say British Bulldogs. Actually, I, <laughs> dude, I actually, no, not going to lie, uh, I watched that match the other night. Bulldog versus Owen for the first European Championship match. Mm-hmm. Watch it. It's a phenomenal match that takes place in Germany of all places. So, As it should. As it should. So, yeah, I'm going to say Bulldog. Fuck you. Whatever. Deal Brown's better. <laughs> speaking, speaking of fucking you, um, the last question of the first guest game, <laughs> the most important question, yes. Mr. Gray, are you Team Slack or are you Team Fuck you, Slack. Answer instinctively. We're not going to explain why we why we're asking this question. I'm going to go with Team Fuck You, Slack on there we go. alone. Everyone does. For some reason, I'm chaotic good in my nature, <laughs> so that could be a good or a bad thing either way. So I'm going to go with Fuck You, Slack. <laughs> that, that is that is that is the absolutely correct answer. Uh, just to sorry, give some Slack. Com- one day, someone who who actually knows you isn't going to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> Slack's been one of our friends, uh, one of our fans of a show from uh, from Canada, actually. Yeah, click clack fuck uh, slack is right. Yeah, click clack, and he has he was the first person years ago to give us a uh, to give us a fan video shout out on Twitter. This is back yes, when he we, was. Yeah, he this was. is back. He was technically pre frets. He was pre frets, um, and he. Uh, he gave us a video. This is back when Will and I were in the same state, and uh, our co-host at the t- our co-host at the time, Dave, were all in the same state, in the same town, essentially. So we would record together, splitting a microphone with each other. Um, and so we man. saw this. Yeah, we saw this video, and we were like, "We gotta roast him." <laughs> we roasted the fuck out of him. We annihilated him. <laughs> to the point where I was like, how is he still friends with us? Like, how does he still like us to this day? We've had us on the show a bunch of times. It's always like at a last minute. He's always, he's, he's a good sport, though. I'm not going to lie. He's a good sport for he, all the he, shit that he, we can He do. plays along. It's great. So we had we had him on for Slack's giving and said happy birthday, and it totally wasn't his birthday. We all totally knew <laughs> it wasn't his birthday, but we all pretended like it was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> We have a Slack's giving changes. Slack's giving changes every year, yeah. and every year on Slack's giving it's his birthday. One year was single day Slacko. Single day Slacko was pretty good. That's should, awesome. Should I, is, wait, 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 all right, Ricky. Next yeah. time, next time, legit might be his fourth time being on the show. We gotta call it the fourth of Slack. 
I like it. I think that works, dude. Hey, it's the 4th of July. He's not doing anything. He's Canadian. Yeah, they, they had their day three days prior. Yeah, right? So I think we do 4th of Slack this year. 4th of Slack. Even if it's not the 4th time, it's even funny. If it's the 5th time, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that would know because I kill, honestly don't keep count. We, yeah, we haven't had remember. a bot in a couple I, of years. We have episode 337, so I got, I got a botch for you on YouTube. It says 336. Oh... Is it? Does it say on which one? Uh, you, uh, Kings of the Rings. Oh, okay. I'll I'll fix it in post. Whatever. Actually, and WrestleAct Radio. <laughs> I'll uh, again. I'll fix it later in post. It's fine. Ooh. Let's get into. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I can't be perfect every week. Um. So yeah, let's get into this week of wrestling because it's gonna be some interesting stuff to talk about. Most importantly, we're back to talking about Vince McMahon because it was revealed over. Uh, the weekend that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, still somewhat the head of WWE, uh, majority shareholder until the Endeavor deal goes through and all of that, uh, I guess finally due to public outcry because someone had to tell Vince something, he sent an email to the entire WWE roster we're assuming just Raw and SmackDown rosters, and the email pretty much stated I am not in charge of creative. I have no influence over creative. Triple H is the end all be all of the creative decisions uh, for TV moving forward with WWE. So Will the Gray, I'm going to uh, throw it to you. Do you believe this at all? I I want to believe it as much as I can, as far as it goes as the creative side of things, but you have to look at this from 40,000 feet on a corporate America standpoint, Vince being in charge of creative, isn't what we should be worried about. It's Vince McMahon being the number two person in endeavor behind Ari Manuel is what we need to be worried about. Because he was number three. He's going to be, the way I remember hearing it break down was it was going to be Ari Emanuel, then Vince. And then it was going to be like Dana White over the UFC and the PBR guy over the PBR and on <laughs> over the WWE and the Miss Universe pageant people over them. And all of their little umbrellas have their president over each side of it. Vince, from my understanding, if it's changed, I'm not saying this is set in stone. Vince, my understanding was Vince was the number two. He's going to be ultimately the board of directors for Endeavor. 11 seats on the board, six to Endeavor, five to WWE, and it goes from there. So I think the bigger picture here isn't necessarily Vince in creative. It's the idea that when it boils down to it, Vince is back in ultimate control because with him having that power, he can forfeit and forego anything that he wants from the head of the the seat as the board of directors versus just the head of creative. This is a much bigger worry for me than just him being, you know, at gorilla on Monday night. That is a great point. Will Tarshock. Uh, I say uh, Triple H is in charge on paper. Like Vince is Vince may not have final say, but you know for a fact he has input. So from a creative perspective, yeah, his hands are still going to be in there. He's still going to do a bunch of shit, but if Triple H had the final say, does it matter? Honestly, does it matter? If, Trip, if, Trip, if Vince is saying, hey, Trip, you should do this, what's Vince Triple H going to say? No. Like, no, I don't think he's going to say that. I don't. It's his father-in-law and his I boss. I don't know, Vince. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Vince, like, if Triple H is on charge on paper to get the marks, I shut the fuck up. One thing I wanted to mention last week, but I kind of didn't get around to it, was, like, we all said Raw after Mania was terrible, right? Because Vince was yeah. in charge. 
Raw to SmackDown after Mania was pretty good. People was like, oh, Triple H must have been in charge. Then the next week, Raw was like decent. They're like, oh, Vince was in charge of this, and Trillers was in charge of this. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. Do you hear yourself? So when the show's good, Triple H must be running it. When it's bad, oh, Vince must be running it. So really, this email means nothing, because the internet's going to think whatever the fuck it wants to think anyway. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Now, to his Endeavor point, I think that's very fascinating. I'm on the exact opposite. This man's the best businessman who ever lived. He should be up there. Fuck yeah, with his stupid mustache. That, that was, that was kind of the basis for why we did the deal. Sake. <laughs> yeah, he's also, yeah he, that was also the basis of why he did the deal, because Ari was going to keep giving him some sort of power over his company, and that's... That's what Vince wanted. Yeah. To be honest with you, he found a way to circumvent the legal system yet again. And he's congratulations. He's, he's going to be more involved with the business end than a creative end. Yes, duh. Yeah. But to say yeah. he has no input on creative, I think you're a fool. You've not been watching the same product for the past forty years. Yeah. Yeah, wrestling isn't what it is today without Vince doing a lot of stuff that nobody was thinking of because Vince, for some reason, had the foresight decades in advance for a lot of things like a network and a big WrestleMania event and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, like I, um, I would admit my bias straight up. He has every right and deserves it 100% to be exactly what he's doing unless he does something actually illegal. Then they go yeah. to jail for it. Not like this, oh, that's morally illegal, even if it was illegal. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's been for you. And with, speaking of the business stuff, and I, I, we have to double check, because I think there's a Mark Shapiro who's president of Endeavor that might be the second to Ari Emanuel, but no, someone might ben have to check Shapiro. this. <laughs> <laughs> but be it as it may, there's also some talks talking about, speaking of the business part, that ESPN might be in the fold to start working with WWE again. Obviously, Dude, they have a work. I was thinking about this the other day. This is what needs to happen. Because once well, once the CNBC or whatever Peacock deal is up, they may yeah. need a new partner, which what they should Potentially. do. Here's what they should do for real. For Let's real. hear this. What WWE should do, if they listen to this, take this idea, please, because I want to pay for it. You, <laughs> you have UFC on ESPN. You have WWE on Peacock. Sure. You ditch those deals. I don't know when UFC and WWE is up, so it probably can't happen anyway. But and UFC has like a 10-year deal with ESPN. In, in a perfect world where everything can happen the way I say it does, this is what I would do. You do a free-tier WWE network with a shit ton of ads like they do anyway on Peacock. Yeah. Throw, throw in some UFC content in there too. You do a, you do a $15 a month tier where you get um, all WWE pay-per-views and what, what have you. And then you do like a $50 a month tier where you get UFC pay-per-views as well. That's what I would cool. do. Oh, that that would that would have to mean that WWE would go over to ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Because UFC is locked in the UFC is locked in the ESPN. And, and then and then ESPN could just make a new streaming service and call it TKO Network. Like like their new business is going to be called. It's just all well, WWE and all UFC. Mm-hmm. Have Ultimate Fighter on there. All of Dana White's whatever he does on ESPN Plus. You can have all that extra stuff and the archives in one massive streaming platform. And then just tear it off based off pay per views or or premium live events because you can still do the you don't even have to give it, you can give it the pay per view model too and charge fifty dollars a month for the tier. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do in like five in less than five years from now. It's, I think that's because I would pay for that. You, I'd pay fifty dollars a month for that. And I'd watch UFC and because the crossover is gonna be there, right? The, the crossover is already there with there. the fan base. Exactly, so. the crossover is there with the fan base. It's gonna be there for the creative. It's there for business. 
It's just why not put them all in one in a killer streaming service? Even call it, you can take HBO Max. It's called Max now. <laughs> <laughs> what about the the addition? If you look at it from the, if you want to add the ESPN to it, that goes into that whole Disney and the mouse realm of things. So yeah. look at it from that side. If there's, you know, the, the Comcast universal stuff falls through in a couple years and they don't renew the streaming service, then you're right. Endeavor will need a new home for the archive and all the streaming rights and stuff. If UFC is already in bed with ESPN, that I would say would give the mouse the advantage on gaining the rights to the streaming WWE network stuff when the Peacock deal is done. Because yeah. Endeavor and ESPN and UFC are already there. The odd man out with now Endeavor owning the WWE is Peacock. Peacock yeah. is the odd man out now. So when that streaming deal is done, it's almost like, you know, Mickey Mouse and Disney's just waiting for that deal to lapse so that Disney can pick those rights up. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Because if we remember when WWE was looking to sell the network, uh, to which they eventually sold the Comcast Universal, ESPN was a heavy contender to take up WWE's yes. content. They just didn't want the, to go off season. Yeah, the, the only reason they did not do it is because there is no offseason, so they can't rotate their staff because uh, they would have to have full-time coverage of WWE, and that's something they weren't willing to budge, budge on. But I think, I think now that WWE and UFC are in bed with each other, I think they will budge. I think they will budge because I think there's something even bigger at play if ESPN does take them over. Not only can you get UFC and WWE premium live events or pay-per-views all in one place, which would be the idea, but if ESPN and ESPN takes over WWE, they could potentially make, number one, make bank off of it, and they don't really need to make bank off of it because they're they're under the freaking mouse. Yeah. But number two, we could potentially see for the first time ever the first ever live streamed on cable TV that still exists, WrestleMania on the on on a channel like ABC because that's under the mouse too. It can be ABC, ESPN presents WrestleMania. That will blow the and it will be a huge. It'll be one of the most watched events in history. And you could still be able to watch it on the app. They just stream exactly app not have actual commercials. They do those video packages like Bianca or Oscar or Brock Lesnar or whatever instead. Exactly. Think if I was ES ESPN, I'd do that. Think about ESPN with their apps and stuff, with their multi, their multi access points, where you could be on your iPad and one app watching the same experience from a different perspective than what's on your TV or on your phone. Like the multiple depths that ESPN. Because if you look at their baseball package, where you can see like live scorecards and pitch counts and everything, think about yeah. what they could do with those kinds of that kind of technology, but used for wrestling. Super kicks. 18. <laughs> <laughs> but also like think think about think about how they do like the broadcast for like the college football national championship where you have literally different camera angles of oh broadcast. Oh my god, Can Did you have like the WWE kickoff show with like JBL on the peak on P on the on the app and it's like Stephen A. Smith and Charlie Caruso on TV. Absolutely. All day, all day. But think about that. Imagine watching a stream of WrestleMania via a sky cam. Yeah. Can you imagine the visuals of that? Like you, because they've done it before at like WrestleMania 33. They did it in Atlanta. They had a sky cam. So, but imagine having that sky cam footage for the entire show. You can watch somebody's entrance literally from overhead. 
it would be absolutely absurd, and no one would be able to do that other than ESPN and ABC. Yeah. Hey, man, Monopolies are cool sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I, like I said, I don't, it's not out of the realm of possibility that might be within the near future for WWE and UFC is that ESPN just engulfs all of them. And it becomes, it just becomes bigger than it already is. So, yeah, I think so. Vince is going to be a little more concerned about that than uh, what's, what's Rick Boog doing on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for that man, Rick Boog. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> Anywho, let's move on. Uh, so, Kings, the King of the Ring tournament is no more, folks. It's also revealed over the weekend uh, is that they have changed the name of the King of the Ring uh, event, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia, to Night of Champions because they got to use it. Before, they got to use the name before AEW decides to take it and, and rename their Battle of the Belts. So, <laughs> with that being said, Night of Champions is going to be happening Saturday, May twenty seventh, weeks after uh, WWE Backlash, which they are already building to because that's like two weeks away. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's interesting that they do Night of Champions, especially because. If Sammy and KO are still the tag team champions, they're not going to be at Night of Champions. Oh, because like, Sammy's... Sa- Sammy Syrian. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's not going to be there. So I'm interested to see what they do with the Night of Champions because Night of Champions is usually lauded as the night where all the championships are on the line. And clearly... This is a bit of a conflict right is, now. So how is do we... it, is it legit? This is like an actual question. No, my husband doesn't sound ignorant. Is it Let's legitimately dangerous for Sami Zayn to go there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you actually look at it, he has never been to any of their I, events. I know that, but it's like it's not just a, like a preference, like a personal thing. It's like it's like legitimate anger and hatred. I we want to kill you bad. Yeah. So yeah. Like so because yeah, okay. I. I think if it was just the preference, he would probably still go. But I think it's more so he has an actual fear of his life. Okay. So it's very, <laughs> very, very legitimate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Both – Fred brings up a good point. Um, Sammy being Syrian isn't but part of the issue. It's the fact that he was also yeah. previously Muslim and then converted – to any other religion, whether he's a- allegedly atheist or not, once you're Muslim and then convert out of the nation of Islam, because MVP has the same problem. That's why yeah. MVP can't go to Saudi Arabia is because he used to be Muslim and now he's not anymore. Um, so Sammy has those same problems. You add the fact that Sammy is of Syrian descent on top of it, just escalates an already, you know, vile problem. Yeah. So it, it is. It is very. Dangerous for Sam, but all the other titles should be on the line. That's exciting. I guess. Yes. And also this is in for Mr. Fred's Arn Anderson is managing Wardlow. Yay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Give Arn something to do. Congratulations for him. So Night of Champions should be an interesting show. Uh I'm a, and the the other interesting thing about Night of Champions is that May twenty seventh marks the one thousandth day of Roman Reigns' championship run. Exactly is on Night of Champions. Hence, I I think that is the principal motivator for changing the the name of the event. Also, King and Queen of the Rings is such a stupid name. It's just long. It's too long. Too many syllables. (laughs) And it meant nothing. And it meant nothing. 
the last two winners proved that, and that's not a slide at all towards Xavier Woods or Zelina Vega, but neither of them won that award and then proved to be anything bigger than what they were. Xavier Woods was already an established star and needs that at least a mid-card singles push, in my opinion. Zelina mm-hmm. Vega was kind of the same thing. She's one of those you know, one of those examples as to why the women need a mid-card title that isn't the tag championships. Absolutely. It's like you get me, Will the Grey. It's like you really do. Um, Yeah, and also, we had Queen's Crown, and Queen's Crown was a great name for the female King of the Ring tournament. It's perfectly fine. Um, Yeah, the the issue with King King of the Ring tournament, which never really was an issue, well, not really, and then uh, Queen's Crown is that, again, like DeAndre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, it leads to absolutely nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the payoff? What's the, the incentive if you win? Few months. <laughs> hey, King Woods, he, King, Xavier Woods lived up to the King Woods gimmick he as best hurt, as he, he could. Hurt, so, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault. At yeah. least he didn't change the whole way he spoke and use that stupid fake British accent like Zelina did, <laughs> like a cup of coffee. You know what I like mean? Zelina, like, they colonize your people. What are you doing? Zelina's <laughs> <laughs> from, from Queens. They, they colonize <laughs> Queens. They, 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 they colonize Queens. <laughs> Listen, I, I, How I dare you, the, sir? <laughs> I loved the Zelina gimmick because it was part trying to be a British knob, but also was part I'm still from Queens, New York. <laughs> like she, her accent would switch. Would like if she was like playing nice, she'd be all snarky. But then when she got mad, like the New York would come out. I'm like, there it is, and she couldn't <laughs> keep it together. That was that was one of the best things ever. So. Night of Champions, a.k.a. the Roman Reigns Spectacular, which is exactly what it's going to be. Who even knows when he'll defend? Who even knows when he's going to show up on TV again? No one knows at this point. No one knows as at all. But let's let's move on to more WWE business. It was recently reported as early as yesterday of this recording that WWE has entered into a working uh, partnership with Twitch allowing their talent to stream on Twitch again. So after a long hiatus of not allowing their talent to be on Twitch, WWE has gone into a working partnership with Twitch where where the revenue is obviously going to be split three ways between WWE, Twitch, and and the performer. And the rumor is, I haven't read it all, and I think they haven't really come out with an actual press release for it, but the rumor is that the majority of the revenue created from these streams is going to go to primarily Twitch and the performer with WWE getting a getting whatever's left. So I'm assuming it's going to be like 40, 40, 20. Yeah, it's just I'm assuming that's what it's going to be. It's just taxes. This is just WWE saying like, yeah. hey, you're using our likeness tax, which I understand, but I still fucking hate because because they're independent contractors. They shouldn't technically be allowed to do this. Yeah, but the the issue is it goes down to the contract that they signed. Yeah, and yeah, no, it, it's, we've, it's, we've we've had this conversation so many times, and I do yeah. I do flip flop back and forth a little bit because as a talent, like I I say fuck this, but as a business owner, I go yeah, tax yeah, you're using my likeness, <laughs> like I, I made you. What are you doing? Yeah, so. it's the reason Mandy Rose got canned. Yeah. This goes back to the WWE identity crisis that I was talking about. They'll take an established star and rebrand them with whatever name they choose so that way they can continue to use it. And when that person leaves, you know, Pete Dunne, for instance, 
they couldn't use that because if Pete Dunn comes to the main roster and then leaves, he can use Pete Dunn everywhere he goes. So they changed yeah. it to Butch. Which shouldn't or, be a problem. You know what I mean? Like that generally yeah. is just, like that's doesn't them holding them back if they leave doesn't make you more successful. It goes yeah. back to the Jesse the Body stuff, man. Yeah. This could dates all the way back to what Jesse the Body and Vince had issues with in the 80s going into the WrestleMania when they were trying to unionize the workers and stuff going into WrestleMania 2. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The, the whole story was Hogan outed the union, and that's why Vince wouldn't let the wrestlers unionize then, and that's going all the way back to, what, 86? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, this isn't the first time that – the the trade and the the free trade commissions the FTC and all of that has come into these these monetized contracts because what will what you're saying this has been the fight the whole time yeah so you're punishing me for being successful yeah you're absolutely right yeah bad, yeah bad it's, business it's this, this Twitch thing good business them like just holding other people back because they think it benefits them or like want to protect their IP it's bad business. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's more so just protecting the IP over anything. Hence, like like both of you guys said, hence why they force them to change their name. Yeah. So they can make money off of it in perpetuity. And I'm thank God that a lot of people rejected their original names, like Stone Cold, who was going to be Otto Von Ruthless <laughs> at a point in time, or it was like it was like Ice McFreeze or something like that. Was another Otto Von Ruthless is a pretty good name though. Not gonna lie, <laughs> like now that I think about it, that's that's like perfect 1996, just ridiculous wrestling. <laughs> Autobahn <laughs> Ruthless fighting Razor Ramon. <laughs> Intercontinental title. With a silly man's title hosted by Doink the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally 95 WWE. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> but it's yeah, so, so dumb, it's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Sometimes ideas are are dumb. Um, Autobahn Ruthless is a World War II Nazi heel. Was that is that true, Mr. Fretz? Is that if that's so, that that wow, all right. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Let's move on from WWE proceedings and go talk about AEW because they're also in the news, rumored allegedly, is that AEW is coming out with another television show. How they keep on getting these, I don't know. The rumored television show is supposed to be called Collision. It's going to happen on Saturdays from 8 to 10. And it's... (laughs) No. (laughs) It should be. I'm I'm actually serious. They should do Saturday morning wrestling again. Oh, that would be great. Although, the problem is AEW isn't for kids. No. No, not. That's a problem. Not one bit, not one bit. The the rumored AEW show collision two hour show from eight to ten, and it's going to be featuring what was supposed to, what's allegedly reported by uh, Andrew Zarin of Matman, going to be a soft split is going to be more of a hard brand split. So AEW is splitting into a dynamite and a collision brand, and the first thing that came to mind is why the hell didn't they just give us the Ring of Honor? Because that's your brand split. You uh, had the, the brand the split. The answer is Warner, I think. Really? If, if from what I understand, because I, I listen, obviously I listen to Matt Man's full podcast because they're the fucking best. Um, yeah. But Warner doesn't see money in Ring of Honor. They don't care about Ring of Honor. They see more money in AEW, which I think they are correct. Um, at this point, AEW is more valuable of a name than Ring of Honor to the general public and, and growth moving forward. Buying Ring of Honor was a mistake. Buying the library was a smart thing to do. 
because yeah. you we'll, can't we'll do just, that brand yeah. split because the TV deal isn't there. They'd rather promote one business than two. Which is crazy to me, especially because a lot of Ro- Ro- Ring of Honor's current roster was in AEW. Like, that was kind well, of a reason they the had them over there. That's why you buy the library, so you can show that footage. But you don't need to buy the actual brand, too. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, you got to buy the whole thing. He can't do anything with it. He bought it before. Here's the thing. He bought it not knowing what it wasn't worth. Because he was greedy. Yeah, well, he wanted it. He's a mark. I don't blame him. <laughs> but like in terms of the business, he he bought something without knowing its true value because he can't sell it now. He can't do anything with it. It's like an NFT. It's only worth, yeah, if, it's only worth, something, if someone, it's only worth something if someone will buy it. He Well, the, the way I see it is that he did, he bought it and did, because, you know, the thought was he's going to buy it and he's going to make something of it. And you were featuring ROH on Dynamite a lot of the time. And then he just put ROH back in the ROH corner. He's like, oh, we already have a streaming service. We're not going to do anything to enhance it. Yeah. We're not going to do anything to make it better. It's just going to stay there. We're going to bring over some people that we don't feel can actually be on TV, Claudio Casanoli, and, <laughs> and say... They're on ROH. You can see them if you can find them. Right. I can find AEW Dark quicker than I can find anything Ring of Honor. But I think a reason he's kind of in the corner and nothing they can do with it because no one wants it. You can't get a TV deal. You can't get a streaming deal. So what else can you do with it? What That's if true. they package it all together? What if somebody, what if, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is sitting here and they've got this ace in their pocket because they know down the road... AEW is going to pocket and bring everything together into yeah. one, you know, nice, neat little blanket thing. So you'll get all of the AEW library. You'll get the Ring of Honor library. You'll get probably some form of pay-per-view streaming. Um, so you'll start picking up all of these pieces. So is this just a kind of a waiting game here? Because when it boils down to it, you're right. We know Ring of Honor is not going to get a full-time TV deal. Ring of Honor could be AEW's version of like what NXT was when it was on the network. Mm. And then take the two networks, you you take Dynamite and you take Collision and you take this plethora of talent, this 140 person roster that they've got and you divide it out. Dark and Dynamite go together, Dark Elevation and Collision go together. Rampage is the bridge between the two and you allow some of these wrestlers to finally breathe because you think about the fact two hours of live TV and then what five hours of tapings between dark, dark elevation and rampage. Like that's not a lot of the scene stuff and ring of honor and ring of honor's taped as well. But just looking at the AEW brand though, like that's not a lot of TV time for the amount of pure superstardom they have. Yeah, no, that's true. And also, here's the kicker. Uh, the other news going on with this AEW collision, and by the way, I think with all of our minds, we should just buy AEW and just do a better job with their branding and booking. Um, but the, here's the other kicker. Collision initially is rumored to be centered around the return of CM Punk. Yeah. And CM Punk is going to headline Collision along with wrestlers who also want to work with CM Punk is oh, like how it has been. Four people? Is how it has been portrayed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I know they, they are dying to want CM Punk back, but as well, they a... They uh, CM Punk back. 
Yeah, but as a as a uh, probably a future host on the show, Mr. Warren Hayes said in a tweet that I highlighted for our tip of the crown. Everybody wants CM Punk back until CM Punk does CM Punk and CM Punk's everything to hell. Yeah, everyone wants CM Punk back until he's actually back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's bad. So, Will the Gray, what are your thoughts on a potential umpteenth return for CM Punk? I've said this everywhere that I've ever spoken about wrestling. I like CM Punk, the worker. I like CM Punk, the promo. I like CM Punk, everything inside the squared circle. However, you can't get CM Punk in the squared circle without Phil Brooks, yep. the person. <laughs> yep, um, waiting, I was waiting for Phil it. Brooks is, he's proven time and time again, the Indies to Ring of Honor, to WWE, to UFC, to being on the Indies, to going to AEW. Everywhere he's ever been, and this is coming from, you know, uh, uh, you know, a retired fuckboy. I'm a t- I used to be toxic as hell. I know these things when I see them. Like, you're not toxic everywhere you work forever, and then all of a sudden just stop being toxic. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. I, I love how you've learned from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I retired. I'm a good, honest guy now. But, like, you know, if it walks now. like... Yeah, if it yeah. walk like a duck and it talks like a duck, you're gonna call the motherfucker a duck. I'm sorry, guys. Like, call it what it is, right? <laughs> CM Punk, CM Punk is just a perfect ten. He's the best. Phil Brooks is a flat out zero, and it averages out <laughs> to a fucking zero. <laughs> that's just unfortunately that's the reality. But I'll tell you what: once CM Punk's on TV, I'm gonna start tuning in again. I, I turned it off when he left. I'm going to turn it back on when he's back. That's just the way it is. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you because he has to headline that that uh, UK show. He fucking has to. This can't be against maybe. <laughs> maybe Kenny. I could see Kenny coming maybe. around, but definitely not the Bucks. Kenny, it'll be Omega versus CM Punk and in, in in Wembley because that's the biggest match they can give yeah. us. I mean, put it this yeah. way: Ricky. money can make everyone's problems go away. True. Especially, no, that's that's very true. Especially if there's a beef. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 That that's very true. I mean, bigger rivals have made it work. Brett and yes. Sean made it work for yes. years. Okay. Bigger rivals have made it work. I'm just. I just hope Kenny's done making the video game. That's what. That's what I want to know. says they're done, but the 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 company says they're not. I love a good pissing contest. I've seen I've seen the videos they come out with. They they are not done. So the gaming they're show is like no 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 not done like done isn't finished the game. AEW is like yo bro we're done like eighty six oh. the idea <laughs> that was what they mean. But the developers are like nah bro we're nowhere near done. We're gonna see this through. Oh so we like, might oh, end up with like an eight. Gotcha. Yeah, they're gonna hold it ransom the AEW Fight Forever game, and they're like, "We're putting this game out, damn it! We're gonna put the game out." They're like, hey, do be... you see this contract? It's fucking signed. You're making the game. It's gonna well, be so we're gonna own the Jaguars like five bucks. <laughs> We'll trade you the yeah the rights to the game for the Jaguars straight up. <laughs> yeah, the Jaguars are about to be good in like three years. Watch out, guys. I they're do like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a b- getting better quarterback. 
He's got a great. He's got a great hair. He's got a great head of hair on him. It's fun. I'm a it's Titans fantastic. fan, so I don't give a shit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, you guys are gonna get a banging. <laughs> you guys are gonna get a banging new stadium and potentially WrestleMania like 45 or something like that, which is in the works. I of can't course. wait, but your Titans got a long way to go before they're relevant again. <laughs> I'm also a UT Volunteers fan, man. I'm the I am oh, the college and old. NFL version of the Cubs. It's always about next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, the we're, we're, gonna, won one. we're gonna have to we're, so will the gray you and i are gonna have to talk on the post show because uh go gators anywho um the other thing with <laughs> aw collision is i do have a question for there is going to be potentially a hard brand split and when i think hard brand split i'm thinking uh program specific titles yes. now do they go that far with it including Potentially a second world title. Dude, there's nothing Tony, nothing gets Tony Khan dick harder than a new title. <laughs> Fair enough. He's Fair gonna have enough. new tag titles, new trios titles, three women's titles, a Jade title, and a world title, and an interworld <laughs> title. It's gonna be a core title, the Earth's core title. <laughs> it's gonna be a giant eyeball, the Illuminati. It's gonna be the Nick Khan <laughs> title. It's gonna be his dad's title. It's gonna be a Saudi Arabia title. It's gonna be a Japan <laughs> title. It's gonna be the title title. It's gonna be the belt title. Breaking news right here on Kings of the Ring. Will and I just got the Will's title right now. The Will's title. <laughs> just got the AEW title. The Will's title. It's going to be a little daddy's bitch title. It's daddy's money See? title. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. slack title. It's going to be everything. <laughs> Tony Khan loves this show. <laughs> he just loves to waste his family's money on belts. I mean, I don't Titles on titles on titles. I love shitting on Tony Khan, but I also wish I was Tony Khan. I fucking love Tony Khan. Wish <laughs> I, I wish I was Tony Khan's on a wrestling money. company all the time. You kidding me? That sounds awesome. He, like, hugs every person he signs, like, at their opening press conference. He loves cheesy making announcements. I remember, remember he wasn't going to be on TV ever. He said that. Then he got one taste of TV. He's like, I'm going to be on TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Tony Khan because he's, he's at the level of rich where it doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't even matter what he looks like. Have you seen his hair? Yeah. He hasn't cut his hair in years. It, he's at that level of rich where it just doesn't matter what he looks like, what he wears, because he's that loaded. I also love Tony Khan's pompous arrogance. Uh, if you ever look at an AEW press release, it is by, it's like, Tony Khan, owner, CEO, <laughs> general manager, head booker of AEW and <laughs> <laughs> But it also, on those same things, it lists everything. So it's like the director of football operations for a fucking football club nobody knows anything about. My <laughs> baseball analytics program that's used by the fucking AAA, you know, Jacksonville Hornets or whatever they are. Like, he'll have everything, you know, like my second grade teacher gave me a B plus in math. Like, he's got the most ridiculous accolades on the press releases imaginable. <laughs> Oh my God! I yeah, <laughs> I love him so much. Here's the thing: for all of his positives and all of his flaws, he doesn't get in the way. I really, I really don't think he gets in the way. Like, I don't think AEW would be more successful without Tony Khan. That makes sense. He's like their Eric Bischoff, except Bischoff came from wrestling. That's the only difference. Yeah. yeah. He's like Bischoff, Cornette, and Russo all in one. <laughs> Depending on the day. Yeah. It yeah. just sends shivers down my spine. Like, <laughs> the IWC just imploded by you saying all three. It's like saying... Uh, 
like if you go into the you go into the bathroom and shut the light off and you say Candyman three times yeah, real fast. Right. You say all three of those names together. It's like the Southern wrestling version of the Candyman shows up in your bathroom. They, they, all, they all got the friendship ring. It's like Cornette, Russo, Bischoff, <laughs> form together and make Tony Khan. Fuck. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Name that Pokemon. Tony. It's Tony Khan. <laughs> Oh my God! So yeah, AW collision probably going to happen before Forbidden Door. Allegedly, is the rumor. As per Mr. Fretz, we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be a very interesting time, uh, especially if this does, if this show does come to fruition. Here's your wrestling schedule. All right, I don't Monday. To stop it. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Monday Night Raw and AEW Dark is on Monday. Tuesday is NXT. Uh, Dark Elevation's in there somewhere. I don't know where it is, nor do I care. Wednesday is Dynamite. Thursday is Impact. Friday is SmackDown and AEW Rampage. And Saturday would be AEW Collision and whatever WWE Premium Live event goes on on Saturdays periodically. This is bullshit, man! I know. I know. This is too much, dude. It's too much. <laughs> I I don't watch Raw as it is. You gotta watch uh, How am I gonna watch all of this. <laughs> How does anyone watch all of this? Do you guys, you you guys have jobs? Do you work? <laughs> I work from home, so it's fine. It works out. I can I can DVR and watch it on on the side. True, I guess. Yeah, it'll and just I still... be one less thing that I watch. I'll just call a spade a spade. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of time between all the indies that I watch now to keep up with my interviews. Like, I'm eventually like I already watch Impact NWA all on delay or on YouTube after the fact. Very seldom do I watch all three hours of Raw live. Like, it'll just be something else I watch on my DVR after the fact and fast forward through the bullshit that I don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But we are going to talk about Raw. Specifically, who wore it better, Wilbur Gray, Brock Lesnar or Trish Stratus? I, uh, I'm i going to go with Trish. She's everything like 15-year-old Will wanted and loved about life. And now she's everything that 38-year-old Will, 38 Will loves and wants about life. Just call it what it is. Um, Cowboy Brock, he... Uh, he had me when he was babyface. I love the world. Fuck it. Let's wrestle Cowboy Brock. This bad boy, like, man in black Cowboy Brock just, yeah, it's kind of like when Garth Brooks became a rock singer and changed his name. Yeah. That's kind of like, <laughs> this just isn't working for me. I'm just, I'm <laughs> just waiting to... for Clint Eastwood to show up and shoot him. <laughs> Have you ever seen Westworld? That's what it looks like. It looks like Brock Lesnar is cosplaying as a co cowboy. Nothing about yeah. the way he looks screams real cowboy. I'm going to call him Lesnar Texas Ranger with this look, but Will Tarasak, who wore it better, Trish or Brock? Like, uh, I mean, the man in me wants to say Trish because, I mean, look, at, look, look at that. Hang on, I got, I got a sounder for it. One second. Yeah, you do. It's there somewhere. Where is it? Well, there's one of them. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Here's the other one. Look at that titty, though. I mean, the man in me is just straight up, well, tied on that one. But I got to go Brock. Look at him. He's terrifying. He looks great. He looks like he looks like a Red Dead Redemption 2 character. Looks like a main boss. It's like if Bill Vandalin went to the gym. He's going to beat the shit out of John Marston. Yeah, John Marston is punching the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what about Sable? My horse Sable? Like, he's just, he's just ready to fucking go. Look at him. Terrifying. Yeah. 
Black I love Cabbage how they Cabbage. advertised Brock was going to be on Raw, and that's as close as Brock got to the ring. That shot right there. He barely made it halfway down the ramp. It was beautiful Brock booking. Another thing about Brock, I have to send probably both of you guys this TikTok video I saw. It's I, for, I don't know who it is, but it's... Uh, uh, this white guy, and he's like, he's like, I'm so mad. He's mad about something that happened to him. He goes, the next guy I'm going to see, I'm going to punch in the face. And then he pans to the sign that's Brock Lesnar. He goes, God damn it, Brock. He goes, It's the, the guy from Modern guy. Family. I fucking yeah. love that yes. show. And he <laughs> yes. keeps every time. And he started the whole thing like 15 years ago on set it's for a TV going. show. And it's... he does it every time he's on set with Brock somewhere. So it's been like 25 <laughs> clips of him going, I'm so pissed off. I'm going to beat the shit out of the next. Not Brock, get out of here. Brock, get out of the way. And he's like, shoving Brock. <laughs> and Brock has the same look every time. He's just like, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Speaking of Brock, let's move on to uh, Cody Rhodes. Not in a suit and not giving a sermon this week, but Cody Rhodes really wants Brock Lesnar badly. And for the first time ever, which I didn't think was actually a thing, but apparently it is, for the first time ever, we are going to get Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes in Puerto Rico at Backlash. This is clearly going to be the main event. Um, so what are what are our thoughts on this build? Will the Gray? Ooh. I hope that for Cody and Brock's sake, that the uh, the kids in the crowds don't talk to their abuelas and remember that <laughs> in the 70s they showed up to puerto rican wrestling shows and threw batteries at the wrestlers yeah because that's true. If, if they show up and this doesn't go over with the crowd i don't think cody or brock either one are prepared to have you know see batteries chucked at their head by puerto rican <laughs> wrestling fans dude brock will punch every single puerto rican until they're <laughs> like <laughs> Brock's gonna fist fight every person in the crowd. They That's might the just match throw batteries at him for f fiving Bad Bunny. All right, like, <laughs> <laughs> like three years ago. So Brock Lesnar versus the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. That's just what it says <laughs> on the card at this point. That'll be yeah, no, that'll be great. And Cody can just start speaking Spanish if he knows any Spanish. He is, you know. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever sect of uh, of of Spanish that cute that uh, people from Cuba speak, because he does have a Cuban mother, so he'll he'll try to blend in somehow. Somehow, I can't wait. <laughs> the build's interesting. They're still finding a way to keep Cody hot. Brock didn't even touch a security guard during the segment, which was surprising because I saw all that security come out. I was like, oh, I really hope they're paying them double this week because Brock is about to kill all of them. But they didn't touch Brock. Brock just came out in his uh, his Texas Ranger suit, laughed at Cody, and he left. Said, I can't quit you, Cody Rhodes. And then he walked off stage. <laughs> Pretty much. The best visual that happened is, is Cody tried to attack Brock, and he tried to jump in the air, and like a bunch of security caught him midair. I was like, that's a beautiful look right there. That must have been practiced. That's how he works on his topes. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people going to grab him. <laughs> yeah, the, he's just got like five. Instead of having a crash pad, he's just got like five or six friends, like That's QT, shoppers. and those guys are like standing around. He's like, "All right, guys," and it's like dirty dancing. You just see Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, I was just like somebody <laughs> needs to dub over, just dub over that part of it with the dirty dancing song. I had the time of my life. <laughs> That's it. That's the move right there. <laughs> Now I have a damn song somewhere here, but the build's going to be interesting. I'm going to see who gets over in this match. Uh, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that 
that because one, Cody loves to bleed, and Brock likes to make people bleed. So <laughs> it's, a, a it's a perfect combination of Brock's gonna break Cody the hard way, and that's gonna be your your lasting footage in Puerto Rico because because they can and they probably will. Yeah, Cody so. wins. Somehow, a bloody Cody wins. Tell me when you've seen that before, AEW. Uh, moving on, the other cowgirl in there, obviously Triss, going back to heel Triss. Probably the best promo I've heard from anybody in WWE in a considerable amount of time not named Cody Rhodes. Uh, what I loved about this in particular is that we know the motivation, whereas, whereas in compared to Brock and Cody, we don't have a motivation at all. Um, but I, I love Trish came and with all black in her original heel Trish bit, uh, if anybody looked back at the archives, um, and she was like, listen, I can still go. I'm the goat. I'm the reason women's wrestling is what it is today, which is arguable, but in promo wise, <laughs> yeah, arguable Trish. Uh, but she's like, I forgot what she said. She's like, I'm not sure. Because I'm, I'm just like I'm not your old like person. Like, like I'm not your fantasy either. Not your fantasy. I'm like Trish. You, you're my fantasy. I'm sorry. You're quite literally <laughs> the definition team, of though. fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantasy. But honestly, I, I loved it. It was. She looked like a pro through and through. Will the Gray? What are your thoughts on Trish's, uh, Trish's heel promo? Um, I think I'm in the minority here. Ooh. Um. It's usually me. I don't think they need the. This isn't one of those we need the legends to stick around past WrestleMania thing. They've got a lot of really hungry women in that women's division that they could be building right now for a great tag team story. Um, mm. And I think giving the belts to Liv and Raquel, although I think that's a terrible thrown together tag team, I think it, it's a good faith gesture that they have something coming for that division because that's obviously a transitional champion. Um, but I think right now they didn't need the, the legends to stick around past WrestleMania. They've got plenty of hungry people on that talented roster, not counting your Roxanne Perez's and your Andy Hartwell's and everybody that's on the NXT side of things, which in my opinion, week to week sometimes puts together better matches than what the main roster women do. Not oh, that's, week, that's, that's but, totally true. But yes. You know, occasionally you can squeak a Tuesday in there where the women on Tuesday will outshine the women on Monday and Friday. So I feel like they don't need the legends in this case. It's just kind of, uh, you know, it's the, the cheap pop to put butts in seats because they know Trish and Lita will sell tickets. Yeah, oh, but I don't, I don't think I don't think Lita's coming back. I think Lita was taken out, and that is that's goodbye, Lita. For now, which is which is fine. Lita doesn't need to do much, but I'm um, listen. I'll watch Trish any day of the week just to see her walk down the aisle. She doesn't have to do anything <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> like, just show up and then walk back to the end. That's just all we show need. up, look beautiful like you always have, and keep my hopes and dreams up. That's all. But Will Terrence, like, what do you think of of a return of heel Trish? The only thing missing was uh, TNA with her. Yeah, Tessa and Albert. Like TNA would have been better. Um, I don't care. To be honest, I don't care about Trish. Uh, I think her promos kind of suck. Uh, her cadence is just like no one talks like this old old style promo. It's that she doesn't fit this generation in terms of like her wrestling and her her heel work and her mic work. Still looks great. Don't get me wrong. She's gonna put bus in seats. Don't get me wrong. But oh, she is. Hundred percent. Beck, I'd rather I would rather have Becky wrestle Trish. It's a technically a dream match than 
anyone else in the but roster because the rest that, of the roster is trash. Isn't that where we're going? We are getting Becky and Trish. Yeah. I would say that's logically where we're about to get. Yeah, it's a dream yeah. match. That, that's a dream match. I mean, plus, she's yeah. retired, too. It's like, I don't, you're retired. You already left. Like, what are you doing? She's retired, like, four times. It's I know. It's, it's just stupid. <laughs> I, I just don't care for Trish. I see it. I just got nothing. I, I see Trish, and I got everything. I also love her custom 100 cents Stratus shirt. Probably because I was there when... <laughs> I also, like, I was... Pro probably because I have a close connection, because I was there when she debuted at the Coliseum, because uh, she debuted at the NASA Coliseum, and she literally was a head-turner. And if you remember her debut, she came out in, like, bright highlighter pink and, like, a sleeveless... Uh, like, a sleeveless duster and a pink cowboy hat... And she just stood in the middle of that ramp, and everybody said, who the fuck is that? That was her debut. And the only person who knew it was was Shane, ironically. And look how look how far Shane's gone. He can't even walk. So he for Trish, walk. He's walked still so walking. far, he can't walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. Those McMahon quads, man, they're, they're notorious. My God, I can't wait till one of there's gonna like there's gonna be another McMahon. There's gonna be a third generation McMahon in WWE. It's gonna be a performer, and I can't wait to to, to tear the squad in the ring. Yeah, it's gonna has, happen. Shane has three boys. One of Shane's one of Shane's boys are gonna tear her quad in the ring. It's gonna be one of the it's gonna be one of the greatest things ever, and I'm gonna win so much money. <laughs> Somebody's got a bet somewhere that a third generation McMahon will go. Yeah, we'll go and tear a quad. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Well, let's move on from Tristan Brocken, who wore it best, who my lord, the thick boy, Bronson Reed, is getting a lot of a good push. He's working with Bobby Lashley. I think there's a lot of potential in this. Well, Will Tarasuk, have you, did you watch uh, Bronson and Bobby, I think, last week? I saw I saw clips. Yeah, it was pretty. I was like, damn, they're putting these two together? I was about oh, it. Oh, they're so much fun. Yeah, I was, I was about it. Where's, where's the right <laughs> sounder for that one? Uh, where the fuck is Gabriel? Is it was meat slapping majesty. Always relevant, Cameron. <laughs> always relevant. Yes, always relevant, Cameron. Listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bronson Reed. I've always been a fan of a fan of the Thick Boys. Uh, whenever Bronson Reed is on TV, it is officially Thick Boy season, and. Literally, Bronson Reed might be ended up being one of the best re-signings that Triple H did once he did kind of take yeah, control Stroman of things. Shit. Uh, Strowman's <laughs> babysitting Ricochet and making sure that he gets to his wedding with Samantha Irving. Uh, but when you look at Bronson Reed when he when he got he got released kind of inexplicably from NXT, a former North American champion, and he went on a tear. All the way to Japan, where Okada put him over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, one of the top five best wrestlers in the world today for the past decade said, "I'm gonna make this guy. I'm gonna make this guy start trending and get him an opportunity." And that's exactly what he did. And I don't think there's a better person for him to work with than Bobby Lashley right now, because Bobby. Uh, no matter what position he's in, he's got put in a shit position when in the Andre the Giant. He's gonna find a way to make this work. Will Gray, what are your thoughts on uh, on Bronze Spring? Because I feel like you've covered him a lot, especially on his indie days. Uh, well, I have much love for Bronson Reed, the person. However, sadly right now, Bronson Reed is in the Botch Bots and Chair Shots Hall of Fame. He Ooh. has me currently blocked on all social media. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, at first when I saw him 
come out and in when he came out of the indies and into WWE, I hadn't seen a lot of his indie work yet. So when I did start watching him, I didn't see it till it was too late. So when mm. I saw Bronson Reed in NXT, I saw a big guy who didn't know how to work and move like a big guy. And uh, as you guys have seen over the last, you know, 90 minutes or so, like, I don't really have a filter and I don't really give a shit. So I'm going to tell you how Neither I do feel. We. That's, Amen, that's why we have a show. <laughs> yeah. So I told him, I was like, Bronson Reed would be great if he knew how to work like a big guy. And uh, he didn't like it very much. So I've been blocked for about a year or so by him, but I've, I've since given him roses. I can't, I can't tag him or anything because he hates me, but I think Bronson <laughs> Reed over the last year or so going to Japan, doing some work on the Indies, doing some work in Mexico. He's shown that like the man can work. Um, he's still got some growing to do. He's still young, but I mean, yeah. saying somebody's young and green isn't an insult anymore. Like it used to be because the, he can obviously put a match together. He can work. And people are putting him over and giving him, you know, props. So I'll give Jonah his props now. I think we should kiss and make up if he'd give me the chance. <laughs> Fretz, <laughs> I, I want to know, because I don't think you've ever told us a story. Block you the fuck yes, how did you get blocked child, by dude. Izzy? <laughs> like, how did you get blocked by Superfan Izzy? Who, by the way, family, phenomenal people. We've met them multiple times. They've been to some of our tailgates in New York. Uh, really cool down there are people. Mom's from Long Island, ironically. But, Fretz, what did you do to get blocked by Izzy? <laughs> like, I, I really need, like, Jesus, guys. She's <laughs> a child. She's not even, she hasn't even graduated high school yet, I think. She's getting close, though. I think, I think, I think she is getting close. I've never seen Will Tereshock mark out to an eight-year-old in a burger shop than when he saw Izzy at, what was it, like SummerSlam it's weekend? Great, it's a great picture. Yeah. <laughs> let's, see if I, let's see if I can, I can find it. It's in my phone somewhere, maybe. I might have deleted it because it's a little weird. Um, yeah, let me see if I can yeah. find it. It's a great picture. Yeah, <laughs> I was so it. excited. I still, I still the shirt. It was the Bobby Roode shirt. I, still, I wore that shirt yesterday, actually. Nice, the glorious Bobby Roode shirt. Back when Bobby was a thing and he wasn't Robert. Uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll have a glorious return. Uh, let's move on to uh, our final our final topic. Uh, and that topic is, does anybody actually care about Matt Riddle being in the spot that is in? Like, technically, he is semi kind of in an upper mid-card slash main event because he's with Sammy and KL. But I feel like a lot of us on this show and also, uh, <laughs> Matt, Ritter, also Matt Ritter from Smacking and Raw don't really care about it. Like for me, at least Will the Gray, I think Matt Riddle has lost his luster. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm on team uh, Matt Ritter. Fuck Matt Riddle. Uh, I don't, it's not that I don't dislike Riddle as a person or a wrestler. I've said this for a long time. When he came into NXT, he was a badass ex MMA fighter. That also was kind of a skivvy stoner. Now he is like the burnout <laughs> stoner that kind of looks like he could do MMA. It's almost like he became a caricature of himself. So I don't mm. really give a shit about this version of Matt Riddle. Yeah, it's it's hard. He he's like um, what was I gonna say? He's like uh, kind of Sean Penn from Fast Times at Richmond High. That's it. That's a good analogy <laughs> for it. He's he's there because he's under contract and they have to use him for something. And he passed rehab, apparently. Good for him. Somehow. 
somebody i just i think the i think the luster's gone from him it's like i it's kind of like jeff hardy for me like hey jeff's here yay <laughs> like okay jeff but i kind of viewed riddle the same way i do jeff hardy are you healthy are you a hundred percent because that's what matters in this situation more than anything because yeah. if he's not healthy and he's just going to end up relapsing again Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy, neither one are going to get very many more chances. Riddle popped in UFC, Riddle popped in NXT, Riddle popped in WWE. Uh, and then you look at the other side of it too. Like these guys are uh, Jeff Hardy's popped pretty much everywhere since high school. Like you're not going <laughs> to yeah. get very many more chances after this, both of them. So I hope for both their sake, they're healthy and ready to go because this might be the last chance either of them have. Yeah, yeah. Well, Terrence, what do you feel about the the return of Matt Riddle? The only surprise we got from the Raw after Mania. Yeah, it's just like, okay, I'm well, I'm glad he's healthy, right? I'm glad he's out of rehab. I'm glad he seems to be doing well. But, yeah. bro, you were so hot and so over and so ready for your push that you blew it. You got to win that back. Yeah. So it's just like, what do you got? Show me something. Uh, you got you to win me over again. Like sorry, sucks. Yeah, what what's important for 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 me for Matt Riddle, obviously the the health and the the you know the the stability. Yeah, it's like I, and, I, I and all like of that. Through his show with the Me Too thing, like I was a fan of him. I defended him because like there was not enough evidence, what have you. I still stand by that, but. Oh and well, well no, well then Riddle kind of shit himself in the in. The, in the well, he kind of shit himself when he made that video yes. denying all the allegations. Like you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> very very poorly, but it's just like horrible. Yeah. I don't like. I don't don't like like negative. And WWE whatever. stood by him through all of that and too. WWE, so I, I defended WWE for that too. <laughs> and like I, but now it's just like, all right, dude, like you've had so many chances and you still fucked it up. Like, come on now. Be, let's be serious here for a second. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing that I think is going to me or make or break him is Matt Riddle now has to do it without anybody to by his side to help him. Because the last time when he got over, when he was over like Rober, he had Randy. And Randy might be the top 10 biggest fuckboy in WWE history. Oh, yeah. Okay. Randy, Easy. Yeah. Randy, dig. If there's anything Randy, if anything you do wrong in WWE, Randy did, and he probably did it twice. I mean, Randy is also very public about this. Randy Orton no showed WrestleMania 21's practice. Okay, you know the the rehearsal with his dad, which is one thing, but the rehearsal with the Undertaker. Okay, he missed his WrestleMania rehearsal spot with the Undertaker. And still live to tell the story. Okay. And that was the guy that WWE said, take care of Matt Riddle. And Randy tried. And, he, <laughs> and for a little tried. bit, he did. Yeah. And then he got mm-hmm. hurt and then he was nothing he can do. Yeah. You know, but now Riddle really now has to do it on his own because there's going to be nobody there to protect him anymore at all i mean hey man i'll give him a chance but right now it's just like i don't i just don't care about matt riddle either he has to use his own move set the guy is doomed <laughs> yeah what's his regular yeah. finisher uh something bro it's a bro something. the bro Derek. it's like an in it's like a sort a of modified clash. version of styles clash that's yeah right. that's right it's a styles clash mixed with uh claudio's finisher it's a, whatever it's like, it's a neutralizer he reaches through and grabs a big handful of dick 
it's a gotcha neutralizer on their yeah. face. That's all it's, he does. That's right. It's 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 uh it's it's the gotcha neutralizer, which is the same thing Claudio does. He should have yeah. what they should have done. They should have just reboot, just rebranded him. Give him a new character. Give him a new gimmick. Not a new name. Oof. Just a new gimmick. Just like the that, I'm looking at that 420 bro shirt. I go cool. Like I it, see, is it, 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 it is 420 tomorrow. It is 420 tomorrow. It is 420 tomorrow. It's like, oh, they're doing this again? It's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Right. Cool. There needs to be a tweak. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Same old stoner. Yeah. WrestleMania <laughs> hangover is in full effect. <laughs> <laughs> is it football yet? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a few more weeks. We're almost there. The draft. Listen, someone... The XFL is still going on, and the USFL just started. There is football to be had. Um, I didn't say it was good football, but there's football to be had <laughs> in different places. But yeah, Matt Riddle, there's got to be something that's got to change with him. My concern is I don't know if he can play anything else. God, a violent coke addict would be pretty awesome, though. But to quote the line, that'd be really good. <laughs> I just don't would... think he can play anything else. Serious, like he's he's not a good promo. God, okay. It'd be a would, WWE would... thing too to put him in there as a violent coke addict. They'd be like, you wouldn't have to act any kid. You act <laughs> who, like yourself. Who Fuck. would be his coke dealer? And tell me why it's Tazawa. <laughs> <laughs> why? Tazawa does. Tazawa does more with less TV time. Oh my god, him making fun of Corbin was amazing. I laughed so hard. I was like, that's why you have a job, kid. (laughs) No one likes you. Ah! (laughs) He he got his paycheck. It was so good. It was so good. Taekwon says it's the LWO supplying him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty that's pretty on point right there. It's pretty topical given, you know, world news. <laughs> or it's Tony um, Khan. Or yeah, Tony Khan. That's the swerve. That's the double turn nobody expect is Tony Khan is Matt Riddle's drug dealer. Listen, that's that is my it, if they if they release Riddle, which also could potentially be possible, and he he'll show up at AEW and just be a total wreck of himself because Tony Khan won't be able to handle him. Dude, he would he would crash so hard, Jeff Hardy would fall off the wagon with him. Jeff Hardy <laughs> versus Matt Riddle in a falling off the wagon. <laughs> wagon <laughs> Where they're literally battling on a wagon that's <laughs> in beautiful. a falling off the wagon counts anywhere match. <laughs> A Vince Russo classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First one to literally fall off a wagon. It's being towed by like Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> or something like that. Remember, that, remember that the hay barrel match they had with Gold uh, Dustin Rhodes and it was in the back of a hay truck? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's bring that back. <laughs> Oh my god, but yeah, hopefully Matt Riddle. (coughs) Okay, so that pretty much ends our show for this week, but before we end our show, I want to preview next week's show, so next week, or a week from Friday, WWE is going to be doing their first night of their draft because they think they're topical and can beat the NFL. Well, I'm here to say that we are probably going to do it better, so next week... Kings of the Rings podcast, myself, King Ricky Rose, Will Tarashock, and our host Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast are going to be doing our own Kings of the Rings draft sponsored by Wrestlatic Radio, where we will be drafting Raw, SmackDown, and because there is a third person on the show next week, NXT as well. I don't know who's going to get who, 
We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> okay. So the Kings of the Rings draft is going to be our show next week. We are going to be drafting um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT fantasy style. So anybody can go anywhere, unlike what WWE is probably going to do. But anybody can go anywhere. So it's gonna, we're going to find out who can build the best roster and let you guys decide uh, who has the best show moving forward. So, again, myself, Kiri Jose, Will Tarasak, and Kyle from the Apron Bob. He is not Will or Yuta. We'll probably say about a thousand times he is not Will or Yuta, but is. it is Kyle from the Apron Bob. But he's he's Will or Yuta. Well, yeah, we'll we'll be joining us, and uh, we'll probably have to make it a rule that Kyle does have to draft Will or Yuta to his show. <laughs> just because so we'll see what happens but anyway that is the end of our show this week so first and foremost i want to thank uh will gray from bot spots and chair shots podcast and uh and blog uh to being a part of the show you are fantastic we'd love to have you back anytime you're available when you're not interviewing half of the indie scene uh but before <laughs> but before we we leave is there anything that you want to plug right now uh once again thank you guys both uh, Ricky and Will for having me and letting me into your realm for the night and hanging out and chatting about some wrestling. I am the Will Gray. I'm the host and lead writer of Botch Spots and Share Shots. You can find us at botchspotsandshareshots.com. If you're feeling inclined to check us out live, you can see us on the Rivet City Radio Podcast Network on Twitch and YouTube. Very, very nice. Very nice. So definitely check them out. It is a fun time, like I said. Uh, Fred's did the night one recap of WrestleMania. I did the history of the European title. All fun shows. Um, and definitely give these guys uh, a listen to because Will Gray's always working on something. <laughs> You're always working, always interviewing something. You you are you are a dedicated man. Uh, we're gonna have to talk to you on our post show, and I hope you stick around for the post show because I do have some chef questions for you. And we're also gonna play a game called Am I the Asshole? Always a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will Tarasuk, are you ready, sir? Yep, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 337, The Botch Spot. We had Will Gray from Botch Spots and Shared Spots podcast and blog on our show, providing some amazing commentary, even though he's a Tennessee Volunteers fan. I am your host, King Ricky Rose. You can formally find me on Bash of the Vegas across all social media outlets. I've uh, Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast across all social media outlets like share subscribe leave us a five-star review buy some of our fantastic merch some of what i'm wearing right now the links of all of that are in the description below if you're listening to us or if you listen to all of your podcasts make sure you subscribe to wrestle addict radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast and follow wrestle addict radio's twitter at addict underscore wrestle and everywhere else at wrestle addict radio will tarashock thomas a-r-a-s-h UK, all my shenanigans. Uh, at Talking with Tarashek, my other podcast. So many fun things happen with Talking with Tarashek. Episode 60 airs next week. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Russell Rhodes. He is mm-hmm. a teacher, professor about economics. We talk about college kids and money, the economy. Uh, it might be it's interesting. Might be what you think, might not be what you think. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that's all my shit. You know me. That's what I do.
Yep. So next week's book, don't forget, we are going to have our Kings of the Rings fantasy draft where we're trying to, to rebook all three shows of WWE, Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT. It's probably going to take up our entire show, so get ready for a lot of fantasy booking and a lot of really dumb reasoning as to why we picked the people that we picked. So until then, folks, we're going to head over to the post show, but we will see you next week, Wednesday, live here on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Goodbye. Good night. We'll see you next week if you're not joining us on the post show. And oh yeah, one last thing. <gasps> Fuck you, Slack. You'll never be drafted. <laughs>